Hello and welcome to episode 260 of section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley, as always, joined by Bryson and Jacob. What a way to end this series in Los Angeles. A wild 12-11, 10-inning win for the Blue Jays over the Los Angeles Angels. A wild, wild game to finish it all. It had everything. A six-run comeback from the Blue Jays. They take a 10-6 lead. They blow the lead. They take it into extras. They go up 12-10. We get the final matchup between Shohei Otani and Tim Meza. It had everything, but we got three games to talk about today. Before we get to any of that, Bryson, Jacob, how are you guys? Doing great, Mark. Um, what an insane game today. Uh, that probably took years off of everybody's life, I think, if anyone's a Jays fan. Uh, the only conclusion I came out of it, obviously, the win and everything, coming home 6-4. and four, um, You see... I guess how the game started to shift, of course, in the third game in the sixth inning. The one takeaway I had from it, and we'll probably continue to have from it for the rest of the season, is that Matt Chapman is getting paid. And uh, he was the highlight today, of course, the Kickstarter of the comeback, and it was a great way to end the road trip. Yeah, you weren't kidding. I mean, this game had more than I think any of us wanted to see, although I'm glad with the result. Thank God they won that game. Good way to end the road trip and to start the season. Obviously, that extremely long 10-game road trip ends 6-4. and four, You're over 500. Definitely not a perfect team right now. They have the capabilities to be that. But I think going into the home opener on Tuesday, you have that off day. All smiles, I think, are going to be on that, that plane ride home. And then let's see what that packed house can, can hopefully re-energize them with. It's hard to not be all smiles after you end with a game like that. Yes, there are things we're going to nitpick, but... Just the result in and of itself and the fact that I think it's probably an early contender for game of the season for the Blue Jays. Certainly at least game of the month. I think we could probably put that in the books right now because the Blue Jays obviously had a very exciting matchup. Okay, we're going to start from the beginning of this game and then we're going to get into other stuff. We'll start with Yusei Kikuchi because obviously he had a phenomenal start his last time out and our expectations were high for him this time out. But it obviously didn't go According to plan, he gave up six runs, nine hits, and just over four innings of work. That included three home runs that he gave up to the Angels. I'm curious what you guys made of his start. I know it kind of went off the rails when there was that pop fly into the outfield that got lost in the sun by Dalton Varsho. And I don't know if we want to blame that for anything, for kind of derailing things, because we know how finicky Yusei Kikuchi can be. Um, I'm not too worried about this start in isolation. I think the fact that we saw him do really well in spring training and the fact that we saw him have a good start to start the season makes me a little bit more confident that he can get back to that. Although, obviously, now we've got kind of a 50-50 split of having him pitch well and pitch poorly, so we'll see what happens. But I'm not hitting the panic button yet. Jose Brios might be a different story, and we're going to talk about that later in this episode. But you say Kikuchi, I'm not panicked yet. Honestly, I wouldn't be either. I mean, you talk about that Varsho... I thought it was an error, but it wasn't charged to him as an error. And I mean, looking back on it, yeah, the sun was getting into his eye and it ended up getting into somebody else's eye, but that's a bit of a different story at the end of the game. But I'm not overly worried about it. I mean, he was over four and two and a third charged with six earned runs. He did have six strikeouts though, and, and only one walk. And realistically, those first three runs, I'm not going to say are caused by the Varsho misplay, but... If that happens, he gets out of the inning. Okay, whatever you have, maybe he finishes the game, uh, or finishes the the fifth inning, is able to be at least a factor in the decision. I know that wouldn't have really mattered, given the final score. But I'm not necessarily worried about it. Like he would have still been charged with three runs had that 
not have happened in, you know later in the game who knows things could have been different but it still looks good and i mean you talk about it yeah okay nine hits uh with the six strikeouts and a walk not the greatest but i think that considering what he was last season it's not that big of a deal like and he was good in his last start i mean so i'm not totally upset about it like yeah he's got some work to do he's got some work i think against either the tigers or whoever his next start is um is a uh, scheduled to be against but it's definitely a building block and we're going to get into somebody like jose barrios who's pretty much on the ground trying to build his way up you say kikuchi i wouldn't look at it that way like if he's on a ladder he's definitely like in the middle of that ladder trying to get to the top if that makes sense so I think overall it was a good start. It was a wild game. I mean, like, the pitching was definitely wild for both sides. And I saw, there was one Instagram uh, account I saw posting a video of when the Angels tied it uh, late in the game. And somebody said, like, S-tier lineups versus D-tier pitching. Like, the pitching was just not good today, unfortunately. But from Yusei Kikuchi's standpoint, like, yeah, okay, six earned runs, not going to look great. ERA is now up to 675. But can we really look at that right now? Not really, in my opinion. It's two starts in. So, uh, whatever. I, I think this is one where we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And I know we didn't really do that last year. Like, if he had a bad start, it was, oh, geez, like, this guy's terrible. DFA him, send him to the bullpen, the minors, phantom I Elston. But he's looked good all spring. And other than, you know, a little bit, I know he was actually charged with three home runs, but or gave up three home runs, but it's a building block for him. And he'll go home, have a start at home in front of those those home fans, I think he's still in a good spot, and we'll see where he's able to go because he's obviously he's looked good real realistically, other than this these couple innings against the Angels. So I think it's it's something that if you're Blue Jay fans that are worried, thinking you know this is oh maybe this is the true Yusei Kikuchi, I don't think that this is anything to get worried about. I really do think that he is going to be a lot better in his next start, and hopefully he's able to factor into the decision because he didn't even do that. Like I mean, even if he pitches five innings, whatever would have been a or would have been a no decision anyways but I think that in terms of your fifth starter if you can get him to pitch just a couple more innings or at least a couple more outs be able to factor into the decision and just realistically don't give up home runs to some of the best players in baseball then it, it to me it's not anything to necessarily be worried about yeah definitely not um for me I I'm 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 in both of your boats as in I'm not concerned. I just definitely the way it went though today definitely sucked. Uh if you're Yusei Kikuchi. It's one of those games overall that you kind of touched on a bit Jacob where when you look at it from start to finish and then of course in extra innings, it's just one of those games after today you don't want to talk about uh for the rest of the year. It's just one of those ugly games where they came up came out on top, thank goodness, but there was just a lot of Good things that happened throughout the game, and there was a lot of bad things. And, of course, the pitching was definitely the thing lacking today. But, yeah, with Yusei Kikuchi, I thought, really, I just felt like that entire course of his outing changed in the first inning. I mean, you mentioned it with Dalton Varsho losing the ball in the sun. He comes away with um, – it was not an error, although a lot of people – you know, made that argument or made the debate that it's just unfair to a guy like Yusei Kikuchi who's getting earned runs on those plays. And, of course, at the end of the first inning, we knew what happened with the home run. And then those are three earned runs right out of the gate that he never should have had because, of course, he should have been out of the inning. So those are three earned runs right then and there. And then probably maybe... I would say there's a good case that it affected the rest of his outing in terms of his mindset, in terms of, I guess, his confidence and everything. It seemed like he really got thrown off after that one in particular play because, of course, that next at-bat was a home run. And then there was three more home runs before his exit in the fifth. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the 
of the doubt on that. I think there was definitely a lot of bad luck that was incorporated with the start today. And that's why I'm fine, I guess, being, you know, not panicking, but panicking about it, entering his uh, second start or his next start now, which will be throughout this homestand, which is going to be good uh, for him to get that start out there. So not concerned about it. I thought his stuff looked good uh, for most of it. Of course, there was a lot of uh, stuff that was different in terms of his outing in Kansas City where he was throwing a lot more pitches uh, throughout the at-bats. And then, of course, that was an issue that he had last year a lot where he was just throwing a lot of uh, pitches per at-bat, which was affecting his pitch count. And then, therefore, he'd be leaving starts really early. So that's one thing that happened today that did not happen in Kansas City uh, in terms of that. But, of course, also when you look at today, he struck out more guys today. So there's a lot of, you know, his start today was a lot different. In terms of what uh, what happened in Kansas City, not just based off the box score, but based off of how the at-bats went, how the location was going, and then, of course, once again, the pitches per at-bat. So that's the one thing I was looking at today. So he's got some good stuff that he's taking from or taken from his starts in Kansas City. I'm sure there's good starts that he took uh, or good things he took from his start today in Anaheim in terms of the strikeouts. Now he's, he's got to really put it all together, and I'm still excited to see how he does that his next time around, of course, you know, Less at bat or less pitches per at bat, and of course, striking out more people. The walks weren't too much of an issue today, and that was, of course, a common issue last year. So, definitely some good parts from today, and um, of course, some parts from Kansas City that did not translate into today. But we have to also remember, of course, the fifth starter expectations and everything along the lines like that. So, not overly concerned with Yusei Kikuchi, willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, and can't wait to see how he responds this next time up uh, at Rogers Center, this next homestand. Yeah, I think benefit of the doubt is the way to put it because. I don't know. I'm certainly not confident in what you say Kikuchi is doing. Like, I'm not going to bet on him going out next time and throwing five innings of one-run ball. Like, there's still a lot of variables at play and still a lot of uncertainty. But I think we he, he built up a little bit of goodwill in his first outing, right? He demonstrated that he could do that in the majors. And um, I don't know. Part of me worries that, you know, we saw him put up those numbers against the Royals, who are not a good team by any means. And now... You go up against the Angels lineup, which, you know, it has his flaws. You, I'm sure you all saw the stat about the, I think it was the top three hitters in the Angels lineup had, I think it was the best average in baseball, and then the bottom, or maybe it was top four, and then five through nine had, I think it was second worst in Major League Baseball. So it's not a very balanced lineup, not a very even lineup, but it's a much better lineup than the Kansas City Royals. And so part of me wonders if that's the reasons behind his struggles. It's a little bit of better competition, which does make me nervous for his next start, which is against Tampa Bay on the homestand. And we all know the start that Tampa Bay is off to with, you know, they haven't even lost a game yet. They're 9-0, and and the run differential, I think, is it's the highest in the team's first nine games since 1884 or something, which is back when the, the pitching mound was 50 feet away from home plate, and that was the first year pitchers threw overhand. And I don't know, a whole bunch of crazy stats that the Rays are putting up right now. So that makes me a little bit nervous. But again, I think Kikuchi has built up some goodwill from his first outing that we can still sit here and be generous to him and not rip him to shreds, which we may do to another pitcher later in this episode. Um, Before we do that, let's talk a little bit about Matt Chapman because he had a great game today, great series in total, and bottom line, just a great start to the season. I'm a little bit worried that I didn't pick him for anything in our preseason prediction episode, and he's looking like he is going to get paid, like Bryson said. He had the grand slam in today's game that helped the Blue Jays claw back from that six-run deficit. His final line today was three for five. He had the home run. 
He had six total bases, and that is his one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth consecutive game with a hit, and only two of those games over that eight-game stretch has been one total base, bottom line. So he's had a five total base game, two four total base game, two six total base games, which is yesterday and today. So just wild, wild stats from him to start the season. And you got to be really happy with the numbers he's putting up. We had the question of all offseason long, who's going to slide in to that cleanup spot, right? Did the Blue Jays move Bo Bichette there? Is Dalton Varsho the guy? Is Brandon Belt the guy? And Matt Chapman has emerged as that guy early in the season. I think it's his job to lose now. I think he's stuck there, for better or for worse, for at least a month, I'd say. Like, I think that's his spot to lose. I don't know. I'm curious what you guys think about his role, how how much leeway now he gets in the cleanup spot if the Blue Jays ever move him from the cleanup spot. Right now, it seems pretty cut and dry that that's where he's hitting in this lineup. I'm not entirely sure about that. And the only reason why I'm saying that is not to do at all with what he's able to do. Like, look, you look at his last two games against the Angels, two home runs, and seven RBIs, two walks, over nine at-bats, or I guess 11 at-bats, or 11 plate appearances. So he's clearly doing his job. The only thing I think that deters him, and... This could just be a me thing. Like, if you guys disagree with it, that's totally fine. But I do like having Dalton Varsho as a lefty break up the three righties in a row. Because you have, obviously, Springer and Bichette who can get on base. Flatty, who has a lot of power. But those are three righties. And we talked about it a lot last season. Even with the three-pitch, a three-batter limit for a pitcher, you could just throw it a lefty and then not even have to worry about him until the end of the inning if you're facing the Blue Jays. Because he's probably going to throw four or five lefties at you. I think that Dalton Varsho still stays in the cleanup spot, and he's not even hitting poorly at all either. Like, he's definitely doing his job. Uh, same thing with Matt Chapman. I mean, today, obviously, he did hit fifth, but I wouldn't have necessarily an issue with just keeping him there because, I mean, yeah, obviously, the offense isn't necessarily as there. Only one hit in the in the three games against the Angels in this, this past weekend, but I still am a little bit more confident about having him in the cleanup spot, which another thing we need to remember, I think that hit today was a, another bunt single or bunt for a single, if you want to call it. So I do think that that lefty breaks it up a little bit better. I'm definitely open to changing it. Like if you have four righties and it's two guys that get on base and two power hitters in a row and then Dalton Varsho, absolutely something that I'd be willing to consider. But I think that it just makes sense that you have those three guys or those four guys and then somebody like Matt Chapman. And the other thing is here is Matt Chapman, like, I'm not saying that all three of them or all four of them are guaranteed to get on, but look at what he did today. Obviously, that first pitch opposite field grand slam, he was part of the reason the Blue Jays ended up coming back and was responsible for, like, more than half of their runs driven in and then runs scored. So, I mean, maybe also you can look at it as you have guys that get on and guys with power, but then Matt Chapman, who can just drive in that many more base runners. It's definitely something to consider, and it's a good problem to have. I mean, I don't even want to call it a problem. Like, where do you fit four of the top hitters in the league right now in your lineup I think that just one through four one through five this lineup it to me I was worried a little bit about losing Teoscar Hernandez but Matt Chapman and Dalton Varsho have definitely made up for that I mean Matt Chapman staying here for that second season but I still do like him in that fifth spot just because it's a little bit of a breakup it's not like oh we got the top of the order coming up in the ninth boom, throw up a lefty, and then you're done with that. Because Dalton Varsho, he hits those bunt singles against lefties. So it's just, to me, it's more about a matchup thing. Like, you have a lot of matchups in the bullpen where it's like, oh, we throw this guy against this guy and lefties against whoever and blah, blah, blah. I think that if you have the tools and you have a power-hitting lefty, 
keep him in the four spot and then just have Matt Chapman up there in the or down there in the fifth spot. Yeah, um, it's tough to say, obviously, because of the fact that all weekend they were pretty much facing lefty uh, lefty pitching the Jays. And of course, if you go back to the season or the series finale in Kansas City, which was last Thursday, also there was the George Springer off day. So that's basically the weird lineup they had when Bo Bichette was leading off and everybody kind of moved up once. So the last time the Jays faced a righty, which was Zach Granke, uh, last Wednesday when they had everybody in their lineup, it was Dalton Varsha who was cl- hitting cleanup. Of course, Matt Chapman was hitting fifth. So for for me right now you can't you can't go any you can't go wrong with either just because both are playing really well um if i had to say it's definitely going to be interesting to see if they go back to that of course uh this upcoming week because again it's been quite a long time it's going to be almost a week since they they haven't had a righty um start against their their usual lineup so i'm curious to see if they keep chapman in the cleanup spot or if they go back to varsho and go back to that sort of matchup thing um i, I guess i'll say what jacob said for now i'll, I'll I'll stick with the matchup thing just until I see it because it's something that has kind of been the thing throughout the year so far where you've been seeing Varsho hit cleanup and then when there were lefties um when there were lefties hitting then Var- or then Chapman would go to cleanup and of course that changed or that became a thing very quickly after the uh, St. Louis series where Chapman pretty much started the year in like the seventh or the eighth hole at one point so he moved up very quickly and I'm just curious to see how that's going to happen but I think for now it's fine if you keep going back and forth with the matchup thing like you were talking about Jacob but I wouldn't be surprised if they kept Chapman in the cleanup spot full time for me once again you just can't go you can't go wrong with any of it I mean he it's another se- or another series for Matt Chapman where he was just destroying the baseball and finally. Uh, yesterday, which was the Saturday game, he finally went deep for his first of the year, and it was just kind of a start where he was hitting the ball so well, but in terms of the ballpark factors and then where he was hitting the ball, he was robbed so many times of an actual home run uh, at Kauffman Stadium, of course, which is a well-known pitchers-friendly ballpark, and then even on the Friday game, uh, he was robbed of a home run hitting the ball to the deepest part of the park in center field to Mike Trout, so finally he was able to get on the board yesterday, and then of course today we knew what happened pretty much when the game seemed like it was just done for the Blue Jays, he was able to pretty much awake the team in the sixth inning. And then, of course, he also had a big hit in the seventh inning, which helped for those insurance runs uh, throughout or towards the ninth inning. So his production has not slowed down whatsoever, no matter where he's been hitting. And, of course, early on in the season, the Blue Jays quickly rewarded him for that because of how good he's been hitting. He's seen time in the cleanup spot now, and he's seen time in the fifth spot. It's going to be interesting to see if they keep it like that or they keep going back towards the matchup or not. But either way... Matt Chapman has deserved to be at the top of this lineup in terms of where he's been hitting, and of course, sometimes in the middle of the order. And it's definitely a long time coming for him because we know we all know how motivated entering the season he was. Of course, offensively, trying to add that leg kick into or that toe tap into his uh, swing, and of course, just trying to be more productive offensively than what we saw at the start of last season, where it just felt like. He wasn't too comfortable early on, and then, of course, it's something that got to him a little bit. So the fact that he was able to start this season that quickly and that good is definitely something that this team has obviously needed because there's been some other, I guess, places in this lineup where you haven't really seen that start uh, in terms of people that you had higher expectations for. So the fact that he was able to be one of those top hitters on this team right now, he's still doing that after this uh, first 10-game road trip, and now you want him to continue to do that into this next homestand. As long as he he brings the bat with him back from California, he's going to be in a really good spot, of course, entering this homestand. So it should be good for him. And I'm sure there's going to be multiple occasions this year where he's going back and forth from cleanup to the fifth spot, and maybe he's going to go even higher at days where there's somebody's getting a day off or not. So we haven't gotten to that point just yet, but it's just something that he seems fine with. And it doesn't seem like 
too big of, a, of an adjustment for him in terms of going through different parts of the order because he's done it so far this year, and I'm sure he's going to be able to do it throughout the rest of the season as well. I take the point about lefty-righty matchups, but I still think this is match matchup's job right now. Like, I in my mind, you got to go with a hot hand, and in the situation where you envision, like, over the course of the season, it makes a bigger difference, but... You know, games here and there, Matt Chapman might be getting an extra at-bat if he's in the cleanup spot versus the five or six hole. Um, I think you got to give that to him right now. You don't want to end a game with, you know, God forbid, Vladdy striking out and Matt Chapman's on the on-deck circle. Or, excuse me, other way around. I guess Dalton Varsho is hitting cleanup. He strikes out while Matt Chapman's on the cleanup circle or the, the on-deck circle after hitting the cover off the ball for the entire game. Like, I don't want to be in that situation. I want Matt Chapman up there with the game on the line right now because he's hitting that well right now. And so, in my mind, just, like, yes, at some point, lefty-righty matchup will matter when Matt Chapman cools off because he is going to cool off. This is not sustainable over the course of a season. But right now, while he's this hot, I want him getting those extra at-bats. And not just extra at-bats, but getting at-bats after the top three guys in the lineup, right? Like, Dalton Varjo is hot right now, so I guess it doesn't matter as much right now. But in the long run, Vladdy, Bo, Springer are going to be getting on base more than Dalton Varjo is. And so I want Matt Chapman coming up with the possibility, with the chance of driving in runs instead of Dalton Varsho, because I think Matt Chapman is a better hitter right now. Who knows in the long run what, ha- what happens, but I think right now, that's Matt Chapman's job. Um, let's talk a little bit the, about the bullpen today because that was obviously something that played a big role heading into the later parts of the game. Jordan Romano came in in the ninth. He blew his first save of the season. He does get the win, though, if you just wanted another example of how BS wins are in the record books. Jordan Romano gets a win in this game despite giving up three runs, two walks, three hits. Excuse me, two hits, two walks, three strikeouts, three runs in an inning of work. He lets the Angels back into the game. He gets out of the inning, tosses it to the 10th. Trevor Richards comes out. Doesn't look terrible. He doesn't look great, but he doesn't look terrible. Compared to what we've seen from him previously this season, obviously his final line, one run, unearned. That was the ghost runner who started the base on second, started the, the inning on second base, and then there was one hit and two walks charged to his name, but I mean, look, the changeup was working for him. He threw it like whatever it was, eight straight pitches in a row. I was kind of encouraged by what we saw. Like this is high leverage for Trevor Richards. He's not going to be getting these situations long-term. I do question the decision to go with him over someone like Anthony Bass, who was available in the bullpen. But to be honest, I was kind of encouraged with him. And then after he kind of doesn't do what he's tasked with, which I think was a tough job for Trevor Richards to be tasked with, with the game on the line in the 10th inning, we see Tim Meza come out. And surprisingly, the matchup no one expect, expected at the end of this game, Shohei Otani versus Tim Meza. Tim Meza gets him on three pitches, and we end the game with the Blue Jays win. I'm curious what you guys made of both the bullpen decisions from John Schneider and then you know, some of the performances that we saw, specifically from Jordan Romano and Trevor Richards. I'll be honest, I have no concerns about how the first few relievers were used. I mean, at this point, once you take the lead, you're going to see Simber, you're going to see Garcia, you're going to see Swanson, you're going to see Romano. Like, at that point, you can expect things like that. And I mean, even with Eric Swanson, like, I don't think that Romano was going to come in until that run was charged to uh, Eric Swanson. 
he comes in, him and Trevor Richards, like, yeah, they get out of it. Well, Trevor Richards, not fully, but like they were able to get out of things to some extent, but neither of them had the great command. There was that hit batter. And then there was just a few at bats where pitches were just going everywhere. And even with Trevor Richards towards the end, like he did kind of also get into some tough luck with that one, uh, that one play behind the plate where Alejandro Kirk runs back a little too far, tries to come back, obviously drops the ball at bat still is, is unfortunately alive but whatever they get out of it I'm not necessarily mad at Kirk but it I don't know it I understand the decision given the fact that you've already used a lot of relievers but I'm okay with it like yeah Anthony Bass was available and yes you do have an off day tomorrow so it's not really the end of the world if you use your entire bullpen today but I like what John Schneider was able to do and I hate to do this. I, I'm not. I'm not bringing up the wild card game to mention the eight to one lead. What I'm. What don't even say it, Mark. I know you're gonna. No. <laughs> what I'm getting at is, it looked a little bit there that once one reliever was struggling, damage control wasn't necessarily able to be managed. I think it was done well by John Schneider right here. Like you saw that Trevor Richards, kind of struggling. You see the lefty. You put in Tim Mesa. He gets out of it. I'm okay with it to some extent. Like you played the bullpen the way you expected it to didn't really work when Romano struggled a bit. But like you the, come back. The main concern I have is going to Trevor Richards instead of Anthony Bass. Because to me, Anthony Bass is like a higher leverage guy. I mean, I see your point. I just... I, I see your point. I, I do. I, I just... I'm not necessarily... I'm not mad at him for putting Trevor Richards, if that makes sense. Like, I, I don't have a problem with giving him that opportunity to try and get out of it. Because at the end of the day, you can't trust him if you don't at least give him those opportunities to gain those tr- or to gain that trust and yeah there's a runner on second already but i'm okay with it if it i mean here's the thing if it didn't work and they ended up losing the game and trevor richards gives up a three-run triple or double or whatever then definitely wouldn't be saying that right now but i think if you're trevor richards you would at least to some extent gain some trust by the uh, by coaching staff and all the managers because it didn't get out of the game but he was able to at least get out of certain situations and even when it came to handing it to the bullpen it was more of a this is a matchup decision rather than oh this guy sucks right now we need to get him out so i'm torn on it but i'm more okay with it than than i i wouldn't be and i mean at the end of the day what you need is you need a deep bullpen if you want to win 95 90 whatever games and you want to win in the playoffs and i think if you have all of your high leverage guys coming in and then some guys that aren't necessarily high leverage and you're still able to get away with a win. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um, I, I don't like the idea of bringing Trevor Richards either. I'm going to agree with Mark on this one. I, I can't stand it. I mean, I, I really can't. I think Trevor Richards for me, that leash is getting very, very short and I don't know how much more I can take of it. I mean, I get it. I get it. His damage control today Technically, he didn't run into any trouble, but let's be real. He, he still got them in that mess uh, in the ninth inning, loaded the bases. And thank goodness Tim Mazo was able to come out and get Shohei Otani out, which was a big out um, for that. So the only thing I look at it is we, we, we look at the box score from the night before uh, on the Saturday game. Anthony Bass pitched. I don't know if that was something that was in consideration. Maybe they didn't want to go back to him back-to-back days unless they had to. But I don't. No matter what the reasoning was, and we're assuming he was available because I, I guess technically he was available, unless we don't know about something behind the scenes. But if he was available, I I don't get how you don't go to him in that situation because of course you're in extra innings, you get the lead uh, the inning before, and really, as the road team, it feels like you have the advantage sometimes when you're in extra innings because of course you had those two runs to work with. You knew you were up twelve ten 
going into the bottom of the 10th. I just, I don't understand how you don't go to Bass unless, again, he was unavailable or, or something like that. So we'll see. Um, I mean, we'll never know, but we'll see if there's any other situations throughout the year where something similar comes up is what I'm trying to say. It's, I don't know. I just, when it part of, like, I'm not going to lie to you. A part of me wanted to turn off the game uh, when Aunt Trevor Richards came out just because of how unconfident I was in, uh, or I was in the way he was going to pitch. So I see that. And then I also go on Twitter and I see a friend of Jacob and I down in AAA today who pitches a scoreless inning and strikes <laughs> up the side or a, a inning in the third, I should say. Here we go, Here we go yes. again. Here Thank we go you. again. Yeah, damn right. Oh, Here no. we go again. 98 <laughs> miles per hour on his fastball, maxing out at 99 miles per hour. Nate Pearson is healthy. Nate Pearson is pitching well in Buffalo. Uh, I'm looking as I'm talking. I'm looking right at his video today. He looked outstanding. So I don't know how much longer until we can get to that point. But at some point, I would love to see Nate Pearson come into this bullpen. And if that means that Trevor Richards is the guy that's out, no, I am no, completely no, fine no. with it. We'll see what happens. But, I mean, I don't know how you turn away from 100 miles per hour, Mark. I mean, I understand yeah, like, the health is okay. the thing. Nate Pearson is pitching his way into his spot right now. Yes. I don't there think it's Trevor Richards, though. Because we've been over options. this. Like, the options, yes. yeah, they would lose him. If, if they exactly. – Like, he's gone if they bring him up, if they, if they send him down. So, that's the only thing. I don't think it's Trevor Richards who goes down. Let me just say one thing. I can see Jacob salivating right now. He's getting oh, excited. Oh, I know. He, his eyes lit up when I brought this up. I'm surprised he didn't bring it up. But yeah, go ahead, Jacob. Nate Pearson will be a Toronto Blue Jay by April 30th. Wow. I don't know if... Okay. Well, I don't I know mean, how long you keep him down there. <laughs> okay. I, all I'm saying is, even if it's not Richards or whatever, just the fact that he could be an option in that situation, I don't. I just. I can't stand Trevor Richards right now. I can't do it. I can't do it with these these games that are taking years off of our lives. And I just a part. Of, I'm not gonna lie to you. A part of me wanted to turn off the TV. So I'm glad it was limited when it was. I'm sure there's gonna be outings where he was better because, of course, in all fairness to Trevor Richards, he did pitch well the night before as well, and he did pitch the night before. So that's why maybe that's what they went off of because, of course, Anthony Bass gave up that two two run home run last night. So maybe they felt like they trusted Richards more than Bass, which is definitely interesting uh if that was the case i don't exactly it's hard for us to say because we don't know what the exact availability was but in a game like that in the 10th inning to say it or sum it up very short there's got to be other options than trevor richards unless you have to unless he's the only guy left then you have to that's just that's just my two cents i couldn't stand it but i'm glad they got away with it and got the w and hopefully nate pearson is up at some point i don't know if it's going to be april 30th jacob (laughs) but i do think it'll be at some point in may well you think it'll be earlier huh no, I said some point in May. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I, my guess of zero uh, major league appearances for Nate Pearson is looking worse and worse by the day. Because he is looking good. I think he's coming up at some point. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it's at the cost of Trevor Richards. And the, the decision to go to Trevor Richards is weird there. And, like, if they – I don't know. If they have more faith in him than Anthony Bass, then I'm really worried about Anthony Pass because there's Trevor trouble. Richards is, should be at the bottom of the totem pole. Maybe Zach Pop. But I feel like Zach Pop in these first couple, I guess, week and a half has pitched his way into a better spot in the bullpen, which is what I anticipated at the start of the season. So I don't know. The bullpen's weird, but Trevor Richards, I was slightly encouraged by what we saw today. I feel like today was the first time when he came out and didn't absolutely crap the bed. 
which is, I, I guess, a positive, even though he didn't have a good... Anyways, Jordan Romano was another guy that we were watching. I don't know. I, I had flashbacks to Brad Hand when he hit the guy. And oh, Anyways, it was, it was a flashback moment. Thankfully, it didn't cost the Blue Jays a game. Another moment that thankfully didn't cost the Blue Jays a game was when Alejandro Kirk dropped that foul pop-up in foul territory right behind home plate. Um, misplay by him. That can't be happening. I really would have loved to hear what John Schneider said to Alejandro Kirk in that pitching change when they were going to Tim Meza because I don't know if he was encouraging him, going, hey, forget about it. We're in the ballgame now. We need to win this. Or if he wasn't even talking about it, if he was talking about pitch selection versus Shohei or if he was <laughs> ripping Alejandro a new one. Like, I don't know what he was saying. I would have loved to be a fly on the wall for that conversation, especially with John Schneider being a former catcher and he knows what he's doing behind the plate. So that was really interesting. Um, hopefully it doesn't happen again. And it's one of those things where you thank your lucky stars. It didn't cost the Blue Jays the game. Um, okay, we talked a lot about Sunday's game. Let's talk a little bit about what happened Friday and Saturday. The Blue Jays win Friday, Bo Bichette, with a three-run home run to come back. 4-3 win for them. Saturday's game, they lose. That was a Jose Barrios start. And that's what we should talk about. I don't. I have nothing to add, really. I don't know if you guys do. It's kind of more of the same, like more of the same concerns, but also more of the same kind of like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde situation that we have with Jose Brios, where he can look great in one inning and then fall apart in the next. And it's really this kind of weird balancing act where he seems to figure it out sometimes and doesn't at other times. I don't know. I don't have much to add based on what we said in the previous episode. I'm curious if either of your opinions on him or thoughts or what you watched on Saturday change what you think of him so far. I'm going to go and say something that you guys probably weren't expecting. And no, it's not Nate Pearson's taking his spot in the rotation. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. No, I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. What is it? What do you think I'm saying? You were encouraged by it. <laughs> no. Okay, what was I it? Was, was, uh, here's the thing. You were encouraged by it. <laughs> no, he he's not been great in spring training, had okay moments, wasn't great in the WBC, was not good last year, has not looked good this year. I'm not saying a phantom IL stint, but why not skip a start? I know they're going to be at home for his next start, but why not? We talk about Yusei Kikuchi. I'm just saying, why don't you... This isn't necessarily a demotion, but why don't you skip his start, give Yusei Kikuchi that start, and he is your fifth starter until he earns that trust back. I know he's still going to start as your fifth starter, but this can't be happening. And we said this about Kikuchi last year, even Ryu at times, which was unfortunate. You can't go out and have guys who you pretty much know are at best a coin flip going out every couple days or every five days if you want to win a division or anything in the playoffs. I, I don't know what else to say. Like, it was the same thing. The command, eh, kind of there. Only, obviously, the one walk, the the five strikeouts. That, so he's got at least command when he needs it. But at the same time, only four earned runs over, out of the six. Two of them were unearned. But it it's not a good outing. Like, four innings, six hits. Like, it's not good. And I say not good, not as in, like, it's relatively bad compared to the rest of the starters that the Blue Jays have like it is not good like his whip over those two starts 186 like that is you cannot be giving up nearly two base runners per inning ERA I'm not really going to count like it's 1117 okay whatever it's been two starts but again it's it's not good and I, I I don't know what else there is to to really say about it we talked about him in whatever it was the last episode I think it was either that or the first one of the season but 
he is not looking good and the Blue Jays do definitely need to do something and I know he's not going to like potentially missing a start or having something like that but there there needs to be maybe just even if it's just extra time to work on things and really say this is your next opponent and really just hunker down on the game plan see if that works and then use that as momentum because at this point like what is there to really say like work on the slurve you know locate the fastball better like he's trying to do that it's not like it's not like if with Manoa we're like oh you know you just have better command or whatever don't get rattled and then he's a lot better in that second start like we're saying things and I'm sure the Blue Jays are saying these things too and I'm sure Jose Brios is thinking these things but it's just not translating to results so I that's my take I mean I'm sure you guys are gonna probably disagree with that but there needs to be something where you really focus and try to you do whatever you can to have some type of momentum building start as is as his next start, whether it's a skip start and then he pitches in you know a week or whatever, or it's his next start against uh, the Tigers. Well, first of all, his next start would be against the Rays, regardless. I meant to say the Rays. No, okay, okay, well, yeah. it, it gets worse. <laughs> I have another question for you because you usually don't see this unless there's an off day. So technically, okay, technically they could – they could possibly do it because tomorrow on Monday is an off day. But after the off day, they go right to Houston. And regardless, skipping a start Skip or not, that. Barrios is starting against, or he is starting in that series. So let's just say they skip a start against the Rays. You're confident with throwing him right back out there in Houston? Absolutely not. I'll speak for Jacob on this one. <laughs> well, he looked like he was going to say something else. Phantom Miles didn't. No, but you can't uh, no, look. Okay, but okay. I, I know you, you have your, yeah. The, yeah. He needs I, something to build momentum, and I don't know if I these next two starts are. Maybe that. this is a bit, plus. Maybe this. I I don't know whether you, what you guys think of this, but I think this start that he had this series does build a little bit of momentum. Ah, there it I is. I see your face. I was waiting for one of you but to say it. Me out, yeah. Like it was, it was better than the start in Kansas City. It was better. Like he looked better. He had more of those moments where he looked good. There's still a lot of issues. He still gave up six runs, four earned. But, like, he looked – he he did look better. I, I guess that's all I can say about him. But I think that's a tiny bit of the momentum he might need. It it probably means nothing. Like, it's a tiny it's, – it's probably inconsequential. But I think it might be – maybe. Just maybe. If you're wishing on a star, it might be the tiny thing he needs to get – I I don't know. But I – I don't think skipping his spot in the rotation is a solution because if you like, yeah, you skip him against Tampa Bay, then you got him against Houston. So skip him against Houston at that point, he's just out of the rotation, and it's like the third week of the season. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I, it just goes back to what we said last time. Like, what is what is that going to do for him if you just skip him once or you put him on the IL? This has been something that's been going over. Now we're we're past a calendar year now of these issues, which is definitely the concerning part. And Mark, I was waiting for one of you, and that's why, Jacob, I thought you were going to say it, because I was waiting for one of you guys to say it, because that was really, it felt like there was a lot of conversation on that in terms of a division between those who actually got encouraged by it and those who just didn't. So, I mean, I've seen a lot of both sides of the fence. It just, for me, for me saying I saw some parts of encouragement, it just relates to what we've been saying the last year, because the only encouragement is the flashes again that are there, because we, we do see it in terms of that. Like, I mean, there I think he had a lot of... It just felt like this past start, there was there were swings and misses with the slurve once again, and that happened in Kansas City. And then it was just the same issue with the fastball again. He was struggling with the fastball. 
And that's really what it's come down to in terms of hitters that are capitalizing on it. And that is why, in terms of encouragement, it's just it's the same stuff in terms of you see the flashes, but he can't put it together. And then on the same part of that, at the end of the box score, at the end of the pitching line, the results still aren't there. And of course, four innings and four and runs are is still not good enough. We 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 know this, and I don't think it's. I mean, I, I understand that all of us want to be encouraged and picks things from here and there, but it it does go back to the original point that there's no excuse for him not to be better than this. And it's just, it's just a complete mystery of what happened. Other than that, it's a lot of the same. So, I mean, the only thing you can hope for is what you were saying, Mark, the signs of encouragement because of the flashes he shows and he needs to take parts of it and he needs to build off it for the next start. I mean, you look at how it started on Saturday. And I mean, the first run, we know what exactly happened. Pretty much a ground ball goes off Bo Bichette. Gio Urshela turns around for a triple. And then that's exactly when the uh, the first run came in. Of course, Otani or Trout and Otani hit him hard in the fourth inning as well. He then allowed a home run. So, I mean, up until Bo Bichette, the ball went off of Bo Bichette's or um, his foot. I'm not blaming Bo Bichette, but I'm saying ever since that play, it felt like he was, you know, he was on his way. But then, of course, that play happened. The little factor happened there. And then things unraveled for him. So that's pretty much, for me, when it went south for him uh, in Anaheim. And, of course, again, there's the division in terms of a lot of or signs of encouragement or just people still pissed off and it's not good enough. So for me, it, he's going out there against the Rays uh, pretty much throughout this homestand. He's going to go out there in Houston because, of course, regardless, he's got to pitch in that series. You can't go on a four-man rotation without any off days. It's just simple, pretty much knowledge from that. There's nobody else right now in terms of who you can call up. I don't see a point in a phantom IL stint. Jose Brios had an entire winter to figure this out. He's had an entire calendar year to figure this out. So all of this that you're suggesting, I just don't see how it helps him, no matter what you've already tried. So it's just something where you got to keep hoping he goes out there and he figures it out on his own. I don't know if it's going to happen at this point because it's been over a year, but it's pretty much the only thing that I think we can pretty much hope for at this point. So we'll see what happens. But of course, the next two starts he has, I mean, he's going against a team as of now, of course, maybe that changes by then, a team who's undefeated. And then we know how good the Houston Astros are, which is definitely concerning even more for me. So we'll see what happens with that. But Jose Barrios, a lot of the same flashes here and there but not enough there's not enough results from it and therefore he's still not getting the bar or the job done for this team unfortunately and it's sad to say that i'll throw another thing at you to make you encouraged he did this against the los angeles angels and he was worse against the kansas city Royals. like i know the angels aren't the cream of the crop but like it was a better start against a better lineup maybe that's a little bit of momentum i don't know we're we're going insane here trying to figure out what's going on with him. But we'll see. I mean, Tampa Bay is going to be a big challenge. Like, we've we talked about it with Kikuchi. They're going to be a really, really tough team for everyone, right? Like, it's going to be the first, I think, big challenge that the Blue Jays face this season. Like, you have the opening series against St. Louis, but I don't. I feel like there's not really much riding on it. You're still getting your feet wet, still figuring things out. And then you get a soft place to land with Kansas City. You're ramping up a little bit with the Angels and then another soft place to land with Detroit. And then you've got the juggernaut that the Rays are right now. And no one seems like they can stop them. I know they had a couple very easy early series against a couple very easy teams. But point being, it's going to be a tough series for the Blue Jays. And I think it's going to be a big test for Brios and Kikuchi and all these guys. So we'll see what happens. Um, Just to get to a couple of thoughts from our listeners on this series Naden asks who's next up from Buffalo for the bullpen. I think we answered that 
in that we all think it's Nate Pearson. Or do the Blue Jays retain Richards for another series is what he asked. And yeah, I think Richards is sticking around for now. But Nate Pearson seems to be on his way sooner rather than later. Uh, Pugs asked, why is Kiermaier the best ball player I've ever seen? And along the same lines, Naden also asked, why is Kiermaier so handsome? I don't know if we have an answer to that, but he did have a very good season f- series for the Blue Jays. Um, and then Eric, why do the Blue Jays insist on making it closer than it needs to be? And we're all feeling that. We all got years shaved off of our lives right now. And then the last question for Chucharu, Kirk, motivation, late start, what's going on? Um, yeah, I mean, the WBC and all the drama there, then obviously the birth of his child pushed back his season a little bit, and so I think we're seeing the result of it now in terms of results at the plate. But um, I will say I was, I mean, it was a ground out, but the at-bat that he had in the 10th inning to move the batter over, I know Kirk doesn't strike out a lot, so maybe it's not much, but I was happy that he got at least had a productive at-bat. He did his job in the 10th inning there and kind of got the ball rolling a little bit, even if it wasn't you know, in traditional terms of productive at-bat. Okay, so we got three games against the Detroit Tigers Tuesday through Thursday. The Blue Jays are coming home finally to a renovated, brand-new Rogers Center series predictions. They got their their top three, I think, right now. They obviously have Manoa Tuesday, Gosman on Wednesday, and then hopefully Bassett, I would assume, on Thursday. I'm going to say they... I can't remember. This was a long time ago when I heard a, a stat of like their home opener record and they're like under 500, but it's been a couple of years since then. I'm going to say they win the home opener. I'm hesitant. I think they're going to win the Kevin Gosman start, but they probably will drop that, that Chris Bassett start, that final game of it. Still a good way to, I mean, enter the, the home stretch of the schedule. They're on a roll. Obviously they've won, you know, like what was it? What is it like four of their last five or five of their last six. So they're on a bit of a roll. Going home, they got the Silver Slugger, the Gold Glove ceremonies on Tuesday. They've got probably a chance to try those poutine dogs beforehand. You know, I think that's a bit of a hot topic within the fan base, but they're going home. I wouldn't be surprised if they take two out of three. Look, I mean, Chris Bassett turned around his start on Friday night. It didn't look very good. And then, of course, he settled down, was the pitcher that a lot of us expected to know, struck out five over six innings. I feel a little bit more confident with Chris Bassett now. Of course, that would be in the series finale. You look at game one, two, and three, like you talked about. It's Manoa and Gosman. It's the Detroit Tigers who suck, to be in all due respect. <laughs> do it. This is a sweep. I mean, I don't know how Let's you don't go. do it. This is this is going to be a sweep. I'm calling it right now. I agree. It's going to be a sweep. I'm right there with you. I'm saying a sweep. It's the Detroit Tigers. I'm. <laughs> they're not a good team by any means. Like so. I'm going with a sweep. I don't think they lose any of these games. I think if they were to lose a game, I think Jacob, you're right. It would be the Chris Bassett start, but I don't think they're going to lose. Chris Bassett, I think, is going to be there. I don't know. I'm an optimist right now. That game got me fired up. But, yeah. So, uh, just a little update on the um, standings as we have it for series predictions. We all got it right. We all said they win two, they lose one. However, I said they were going to lose the – what did I say? They would lose the – Kikuchi start? The Bassett start. No, other way around. Yeah, they would lose the Bassett start, win the other two. And both of you had them losing the Brio start, which turned out to be right. So you guys predicted it perfectly. So you get the bonus points. Both of you get four points for that series. I get three points. So you're making up a little bit of ground. Bryson and I are now tied in the standings at nine points on the season. Jacob, you're at five because of the rough first couple series. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, you got plenty of time. To he also up. lost it's to me in fun. fantasy this week. Yeah. No, 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 no. We're not. We're not discussing that. <laughs> you got lucky. I'm. I need Verlander back. 
Okay. And on that note, <laughs> we'll see you next time. As always, you can support our podcast. Link in our bio on social media, the link below this episode. You can check out our social media, our YouTube, our Bias Coffee page, join us at Discord. Everything is that link, which is below this episode. Um, we're all going to be at the home opener. If you're at the home opener, swing by. We can't wait for that game. Can't wait to see the new changes to the Rodgers Center. We'll catch you then.